it's my fault because I didn't turn the mic on. I don't get the one hit wonder. Oh, well. <laughs> thank you, Kelly, for that reading. Let me pray for us. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for another year, for us to come together in worship, celebrating another year and looking in expectation of what it is that you have for us here in 2022. Thank you for the time that we had to spend time with loved ones this holiday season. And I pray that as we walk into this new year, that we would walk in with a renewed sense of who you are and with new, renewed ability to see where you are moving in each of our lives, in our neighborhoods, in our cities and families. Ask all these things in Jesus' precious name, amen. Happy New Year, Grace City. We made it to 2022. I think last year when I preached the first uh, sermon of the year, I said the same thing, we made it. It has been a crazy two years. I've been seeing lots of memes about how we should be approaching um, 2022 and seeing the one that says, let no one call this your year. Let's just walk very quietly in. And while I'm not a superstitious person, I kind of agree with that sentiment. We have been waiting and we are longing for just an easy year. I think our bar for what we want in our year may have lowered over the past couple of years. We just want a year of no more catastrophic events, no new variants, no more um, worry about pandemics and outbreaks. We want easy. In many ways, these last two years have kind of just blurred together as one giant year, yet also pre-pandemic seems like another lifetime ago. We walked into 2020 with so much enthusiasm, it was gonna be the, great, the greatest year ever, if you remember back. And then the pandemic hit, and then the news came of every day, it seemed like, hearing another story of how this world is really isn't fair to, our, uh, to people of color. So we ended 2020 and we kind of limped in and we're like, okay, we're made it to the next year. And we walked into 2021 a little bit more tentative, but we were optimistic. Vaccines had been approved. We were thinking, okay, this is the year we could wind up seeing normal in 2021. We made it a whole six days before something bad happened. And then there was that attack on our capital. And then we thought we were clear when the vaccines were distributed for everyone. And then the variant Delta showed up, causing more chaos. And then we thought we were in the clear and we thought we'd have a good holiday season. Vaccines were approved for school-aged kids. And then Omicron hit. And I'll be honest, it's felt like over the past two years, a little bit like that Peanuts cartoon where you're Charlie Brown and you see the football and you're running up to it and you wanna kick it and you think this is the time and then it gets yanked away. And so we might be walking into 2022 with a little bit less hope, a little bit even more tentative than we were in 2021. We might think, oh, what more is gonna happen? But here's the thing, no matter what happens in 2022, I want us to look th through the looking glass. This is the title of the sermon, Look Through the Looking Glass. And what does that mean? You might know this saying more from Alice in Wonderland, but it means to look at things not as they would appear, but in a different way. 
This idea of not seeing things in face value of a mirror is even found in Paul's letters to the Corinthians. For now we see only reflection as in a, as in a mirror, then we shall see face to face. Now I know in part that I shall know fully, even as I am fully known. We all use mirrors every day, probably as you're leaving the house or maybe after you brush your teeth to make sure there's no toothpaste on your face. But we also know that mirrors can lie. They're the funhouse mirrors that might make you look a little shorter or a little bit taller, a little bit wider, a little bit skinnier. And even in the most perfect mirror, it is not the true image of what is being reflected. It is reversed. It is one-dimensional. It does not give that full picture. So I challenge us to look back in these last two years, to look through the looking glass and not just see what is and what those circumstances are, but what can we see with God's eyes? What can we see and see what he has done in 2020 and 2021? Can we list the ways that God has provided, he has sustained us, he has blessed us? I stand in awe in the fact that we have a highly effective vaccine in less than a year from discovering that virus. Do you know how rare that is? And that timeline is not because anything was rushed or any corners were cut. It's because usually when you are trying to make a vaccine, you guess wrong about how best to make it. And you have to go back to the drawing board again and again and again. And yet, they got it on that first shot. It is incredible. There are tremendous stories here within our church, around our city, around the country, of generosity, of love, of sacrifice that has been shown. People rising above. If you look at our frontline healthcare workers, if you look at the people who are behind the scenes doing the lab work and the testing who've been working tirelessly to make sure that people get their results back faster, if you look at the teachers who have been adapting and working with their kids. That is incredible. So what if as we head into 2020, 2022, what if we don't worry about what events are going to happen? What if instead we look at what God is calling us to do no matter what our circumstances are, no matter what happens in this year? What if we look to that? Kelly read this passage from Jeremiah, and we're going to use this passage to talk about what it looks like for us to keep our eyes on what it means for God to do and for us to follow what he wants us to do, no matter where we are, what, what circumstances we're facing. From that passage that Kelly read, I'm going to guess that most of you have heard verse 11 before. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you hope and a future. This is a verse that I think everyone loves to hear. We love to send it to people after graduation or in a hard time, like, look, God has a hope. And it's true, he does. I think I got that verse on actually a mirror when I graduated from college, floating around, I think, somewhere in my house. But it's, if you just take that verse and you don't look at where it's sitting in the passage, you miss something. So this verse 
is said to the Israelites, while they are in exile, they have been captured by their enemies, taken from their home, and they are living in Babylon, the very place of their captors. And there are a lot of false prophets running around telling them that, oh, it's gonna, you're going to be free soon. You're going to leave soon. And Jeremiah is here to tell them, nope, you are going to be here for 70 years. And not only are you going to be here for 70 years, I want you to build houses, plant gardens, marry and have kids. But it is 70 years in exile. For many of us, these past two years may have felt like an exile. While we haven't been taken from our homes, and actually we've probably spent more time in our homes, but we've been taken away from our normal routine. We've been exiled from our rhythms and our workplaces and maybe the people that we used to see. We have been in an exile of some sort. Maybe for some of you, living here in Baltimore feels like an exile. You came here for a job or for school, but this isn't where you wanted to live. Maybe you were following a spouse and their job came here. Maybe the life stage that you're in right now feels like an exile. You wish to be married. You wish to have kids. You wish to have more kids. You wish your kids would grow up and leave the house. You want a new career. You're always focusing on where you don't want to be, and you're trying so hard to get to that next level, to that next stage. Do we actually let ourselves to think, what is it that God has for us here in exile? How can we serve? How can we grow in this place that we don't want to be? Jeremiah says to get married, have kids. And maybe that's exactly what it means, is that we should be buying a house here in Baltimore, building our families here, planting gardens. But maybe it's also just looking at ways that you can grow. And we're going to talk about this a bit more. It says, seek the peace and prosperity of the city to which I have carried you into exile. Pray to the Lord for it, because if it prospers, you too will prosper. And that's in verse 7. And it's before we get to that famous verse that you all know. First, he says, seek the peace and prosperity of the city to which I carried you. So in whatever exile means to you, what would it mean to seek the peace and prosperity of where it is that God has you right now? Because when that city is prospering, when, you, when things are prospering in that time, you too will prosper. All too often, we often have the reverse thinking. We think about, I need to prosper so that I can give back, so that I can be a bigger part of this community. When we rang into the year 2020, people talked about it being my year. My, not our year. What if we stop thinking about just our own circumstances and we look for the good to the good of the community, of our neighborhood, of our cities? Our spiritual gifts, our blessings are not meant for us. It is meant for the edification, for the growth, for the blessing of others. And it is when we think about the bigger picture, about the bigger city, about the bigger community, that is what it means to be prosperous, to see peace. 
it's kind of like that team mentality. For those of you who know me, you know I've never been much of an athlete. That probably doesn't surprise you. But I did play rec league softball for several years in middle and high school. And I rotated through a lot of different positions. But eventually, they found a position that I was pretty good at, played second base. And it was good for a good match of my physical abilities to be able to field the types of fielding and throwing that was needed. But it also hit on the fact that the one thing I was pretty good at was knowing where the play was. I could look around. I knew where we needed to throw the ball. I knew who needed to get the ball and when, how to get the out. I understood that. And so in that position, I could use that, and I could use it worked with my, my um, athletic abilities. And I worked hard at trying to be better. But here's the thing, I was never gonna win a scholarship. I was not gonna go pro in softball, but I wanted to be better for my team, for my team to be better. So what if when we think about what we need to improve, how we need to grow, it's not about you, it is about us, it is about the growth and the peace and prosperity of our cities, of our communities. So how do we look through the looking glass and look at the ways things are going, not for our own edification, not for our own blessing, but instead, how do we grow in wherever God has planted, seeking the peace and prosperity for our cities. So I have three points. In order to do that, first, we need to look around. I'm going to read this again from verses um, 5 through 7. Build houses and settle down, plant gardens and eat what they produce. Marry and have sons and daughters. Find wives for your sons and give your daughters in marriage. So they too may have sons and daughters. Increase in number and do not decrease. Seek the peace of the prosperity to which I have carried you into exile. Pray to the Lord for it, because if it prospers, you will too will prosper. We've been talking about these verses about what it means to build and look. And when it talks about peace, the word here in um, Hebrew is shalom. as the word you may have heard before. And it kind of boils down to nothing missing, nothing broken. So as you look around, do you see things that are missing? Do you see things that are broken? Can you imagine being the Israelites and being told this and saying, you need to help and pray that the city of the people who captured you took you away from your home and are making you live in this new place. You're also supposed to look for their prosperity and their peace. You have to look at it through the looking glass. So we can overcomplicate these things and we can think that we need to have some grand plan with a five-year strategic plan and before we can even get started. But what if we just look around and just grow deeply wherever it is that God has planted us? I was inspired by, there was a new person that came to our church this summer, and he was only here for a few months. I think he was here for about six months, or less than six months, for a job. His wife was out in California showed up on his first Sunday, and we were talking about the flavor groups that week. He joined the flavor groups his first week here at Grace City, entering into these conversations of reconciliation. He joined a small group. He joined my small group. And in that small group, he joined us. He helped people move. He came to birthday parties as we celebrated one-year-olds. 
he entered in. He volunteered at Candy Caravan, contributing to our outreach to our community. He grew. He sought the peace and prosperity of the city of where he was for these six months. And it was a reminder of me that it doesn't have to be big things. You don't have to be like, well, I'm only here for six months. Or I'm only here for a year. We use those excuses. I get it. A lot of us are in transient times. A lot of us are only here in Baltimore for a season. Yet God can use you if you let him grow Deepen those relationships, no matter where you are and whatever stage it is. And as much as you don't want to be there, look for ways to grow. So I said, look around. What is broken? What is missing? And if you're like me, when I look around and do that, I fall into a fixer role. I want to fix the problem. Pretty good problem solver. It's one of both a gift and a curse for me. But that's not what Jeremiah says. He doesn't say, go see what's missing, and then you go fix it. He says, pray. So when we plant ourselves and we invest, it's not about you fixing things. It's not about you going in and you having the solution. It's about going in and seeing what God is already doing, taking the Holy Spirit and God with you, and you bringing Christ's image to a place that may have never seen him before. So what's around you right now? Where can you enter in? Where can you take Jesus right now, today, this week, this month? How can you start that? So in addition to looking around, we need to look beyond. Jeremiah 10, or 29, <clears throat> 10 through 11. This is what the Lord says. When 70 years are completed for Babylon, I will come to you and fulfill my good promise to bring you back to this place. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you a hope and a future. All too often, we're concerned about the here and now. We're concerned about the immediate. We live in an age of two-day, two-hour delivery from Amazon. We look for fast food. But life is more than what is going on right now. We need to look beyond where we currently are. The Israelites were not going to stay in exile forever. It was 70 years. It was a long time. But it was not eternity. So remember, this pandemic will end. And as a public health person, I will tell you, it will end. And it, pretty certain it will be less than 70 years. Your circumstances will change. Whatever you see your exile is, it will end. And yet, when the Israelites are call, they're called to plant their, uh, plant their gardens, to build their homes, and look to how they are to live in exile, they were also told that exile will end. They needed that hope, that future, that vision, those promises of what God had in store for them beyond right now. And we need to hold firm to those promises of God and the hope that we have been promised. We need to look around and grow where we are planted, but we need to look beyond where we are right now and see where we are going, where God is taking us. Paul says in 2 Corinthians, So we fix our eyes not on what is seen, but what is unseen, because what is seen is temporary, but what is unseen is eternal. 
We need to have that eternal lens. If we are going to look through the looking glass and see things in a different way, we need to have those eternal eyes to be able to see what is unseen. This idea of look beyond where you currently are about a hope in a future is evident in the Christmas story that we just celebrated and we read. Mary and Joseph were facing some difficult situations. Mary was a young, unwed mother. Joseph was looking like he was marrying a woman who had cheated on him. And yet, despite their circumstances, what they saw was the hope and the future of Jesus, the Son of God, coming to this earth. It was their circumstance, but they looked beyond that to the plans and the promises that God had. So we need to look, we need to grow where we are, but we need to look beyond that. We need to see what God is doing and what he has promised us in the days ahead. And finally, we need to look above. And honestly, we can't do the looking, beyond, looking around or looking beyond without looking above. Then you will call on me and come and pray to me, and I will listen to you. You will seek me and find me when you seek me with all your heart. In order to look through that looking glass and see things the way that God has us, we need to look above. We need him to open our eyes and give us the vision that he has for us to see what it is that is going on around us. We need to keep our eyes on him and seek him with our whole heart. Part of the reason that um, Jeremiah gives this verse is the command because it's different than the ways that the Israelites have been praying, which was more kind of as an aside, a little bit more perfunctory. But Jeremiah is calling them to pray with their whole heart. When is the last time you have poured your heart out to God, seeking after him, not maybe a need that you have or a want that you have, but you are seeking after him, going after a relationship for him to come near, for you to know his heart a little bit more, not with any agenda, but simply to be in his presence, to be transformed. When is the last time that you have done that, to pray, to seek him? God is not hiding but he is waiting for us to seek after him and find him. Not because he's hiding, but because we're not looking. We cannot have this alternate perspective. We cannot truly see through the looking glass unless we look above. So as we're entering into another year, as we're entering into 2022, I pray that we are able to look through that looking glass no matter what our circumstances. And I pray that we look around to where God has placed us, that we are seeking the peace and prosperity, that we are seeking nothing missing, nothing broken for wherever it is that God has you planted. Maybe that's getting to know your neighbors. Maybe it's building deeper relationships with your coworkers. Maybe it's deepening your, your commitment to your small group, to your church. Maybe it's just looking around and finding each day, how can I serve the people that are in my life right today? We need, I pray that we look beyond 
Let's not just look at where we currently are, but we need to hold firm to the promise and the hope that we have with Jesus. What promise has God given to you that you maybe thought would never come to fruition and you've put on a shelf, forgotten? And you're like, just going to go with the way things are. We need to look beyond and see those promises. And above all, we need to look above. We need to look to where our hope comes from. Look at who is in control. No matter what this year brings, no matter what crazy variant appears or what a disaster happens or what goes on, God is in control. We need to be able to look above so that we can see through that looking glass. Let me pray for us. I pray that no matter what 2022 brings for us, that we would look beyond. And that while we're looking beyond, that we would look around to how you are calling us to serve and grow. And that we would seek the peace and prosperity of our neighborhoods, of our communities, of our cities, of our families, of our church. And that we would grow together in confidence in knowing and seeing what God is doing no matter what it is that the world is saying. I pray all these things in Jesus' name. Happy New Year, Grace City. Let us go to worship and to the communion table.